you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Buckets brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Brandon Anderson, NBA futures analyst. And this is your Southeast Division Best Bets episode. We'll talk about division odds, win totals, make the play-in odds, derivatives, all sorts of cool stuff. Everything we talk about can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. Make sure to check it out right now. Download it. Use it to track your bets. You can follow Brandon's futures in there and look at and just stare in awe at his ROI, which quite frankly for futures is just disgusting. Uh, It's really good. Uh, And make sure to check out our YouTube page as well. Go to youtube.com slash The Action Network and you can catch a video version of the show as well as all of our live shows like Green Dot Daily. And we're starting a new NBA live show here in the next couple of weeks. So you're going to want to tune in for that. Turn on notifications and subscribe to The Action Network on YouTube. Brandon, as always, we're going to start here with the Southeast Division. For those of you that aren't acquainted, you've got the Miami Heat, the Atlanta Hawks, the Orlando Magic, the Washington Wizards, and the plucky Charlotte Hornets. (laughs) We will break down what our best bets are. Give me the lay of the land for what you're betting for the Southeast Division. Hello, let's go in on the two teams that everyone's here to listen to. Give me the Washington Wizards under 24.5, my favorite bet in the division. And give me the Charlotte Hornets over 30 and a half. And, and we'll get there. Just a little sprinkle, a little tiny sprinkle on Charlotte Hornets. Division winners, 35 to 1 at BetMGM. And then I also play the Miami Heat to make the play-in, plus 250. And I will do a half unit on the Atlanta Hawks to win the division, plus 220. Uh, for this division, I have the Atlanta Hawks over. I have the Orlando Magic over. I have Hawks division and I have Charlotte Hornets surprisingly over for this division. Ooh. Yeah. So uh been talked into the Charlotte Hornets based on the number. We'll get into that and more. We're going to talk more on most of these episodes about the, about the bets that we have and their strongest kind of leans and why we like those bets. I think we got to start with the Miami heat who um, we 
We're not a heat podcast. I think is a bit, is a good way to say that. Like we have not been. I mean, look, I I think I've been higher on him than you. Like I was very big on him, and t- yeah. like they made me a ton of money in the 2022 playoffs. Like loved betting on that team in the 2022 playoffs. And honestly, I, I did really well betting on them versus the Bucks because I thought they would keep that series close. Uh, and not I didn't know they would you know win, but. <laughs> thought they would they would keep it close. Thought they would keep it close with the Celtics. I didn't think they would win, but the Heat are here. Obviously, the story for their offseason is no Dame Lillard, and they they as they are prone to do, they buttoned up and moved, dusted themselves on, and moving on. Total professionals, moving on with life, except for Jimmy Butler's silly hair day uh, with the emo hairdo. They are counting on big additions on the young side. So it's Jaime Jaquez and Nikola Jovic, last year's first-round pick. Not Jokic, Jovic. Our two guys are expected to have really big seasons. Like, Heat media cannot be hyping those guys more. Orlando Robinson getting a little bit of buzz. But overall, like, this returns most of the team from last year. Minus Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, who both left in free agency. And notably, those are two players that started in a lot of playoff games from last season what's your cap on the miami heat and why does that lead you to your bet yeah i just think we have a pretty similar heat to what we had last year and the heat that we had last year and remember matt we're talking regular season win totals right now not the playoffs the regular season heat and a net rating of negative 0.3 that is a minus in front of the net rating last year in the regular season that team nearly lost in the play-in probably should have and now they lost Max Struess third in minutes, Gabe Vincent six in minutes. And I know the, the Heat fans listening are going to say, yeah, but you dumped on those two guys the entire playoffs. How can you be sad we lost them? But they haven't replaced them with anyone, really. And I know they've replaced them with Heat culture. And so I can't go too crazy here because it's going to be the guys you said. There's going to be a, a Haywood Highsmith. There's going to be like, there's going to find a dude that I don't even like, I don't even heard of before. And he's just going to suddenly be, I'm going to check into a heat game in January. He's going to be playing like 25 useful minutes for them because they do that. They did add Josh Richardson. I feel like we got to mention that. that They did. They did add Josh Richardson, who was really, really good for the heat, like (laughs) multiple injuries ago. I hope he's still in there. I hope he can be that for them. We're doing so much work. We're doing so much work for them because of how, like, because of this, (laughs) the goddamn finals run. Like, I'm just, I'm sorry. I just listened to this and, and I think Jovi, I like Jovic as a prospect. I was very high on mm-hmm. him, but I'm like, yeah, Jovic and the, you know, the 18th overall pick of the draft, Hawkes and Josh Richardson's back. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? But that, yeah, like, that finals run. The, the average NBA fan, and I'll be honest, myself included, could not tell you the teams Josh Richardson's been on the last three years. Like, he's been in no man's land in the NBA. And now we're like, well, he's back in the heat. He's probably like their fourth best player. And now Josh Richardson, he's pretty good in Miami, right? Like, because like that's heat culture. They've earned the respect in that way. I, I don't really like Jovic. I don't like Hawkes. Like I have not liked their draft picks, but I usually don't. And then they turn into good players. So I kind of just learned to be like, oh, well, guess I'm going to be wrong about that guy. Miami took him and they're going to turn, turn him into something. Now their defense has been fifth to 10th best five straight years. They're not elite. They're just really good always. Like, we know that's going to happen. Their offense last year dropped from 10th to 25th in regular season. Now, he fans will tell you 
That's because we had outlier terrible shooting. That playoff shooting when we shot 83,000% on threes, that's our usual shooting percentage. It just regressed back to the mean. I think part of that is true. I don't think it's entirely true. I honestly think that the league improved past them offensively overall. If you look just league-wide, offenses went up a couple points last year. And I think the Heat just don't have the guns to keep up with that. Like, they don't have the guys for that sort of offense. And frankly, I'm worried about the team because so much of what they do is dependent on Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler, in in Tibbs' years, is 9,000 years old and coming off of a grueling, long playoff run. This entire roster of, like, older, injury-prone-ish dudes, for the most part, coming off of a long, long run. Like, you remember... When they did this a few years ago, made the finals, where was I the next season? I was on the under. I was on the under and on the missed playoffs because I think that there's a lot of worlds where we miss a bunch of games from Jimmy and from Kyle Lowry and from the other guys on this roster. I have five. This is really, I have the heat in a very similar spot to what I did with uh, the Suns and with the Lakers. So if you listen to that podcast already, I have a similar cap here. I had five teams in the East at 48-plus wins, very clearly ahead of the Heat. Even the Heat fans in our Slack pretty much agree that there are five teams ahead of them. Well, guess what, Matt? Only six teams get to stay above the play-in and not make the play-in. So I have the Heat in the midst of a 6-10 to 10 tier of teams, all in a similar group. So I have to like the play-in odds at plus 250. Like, if I'm right about that tier, I have a 4-5 to five chance of, of them landing in the play-in by like a game or two. And if not... If they're even close there, I can probably hedge out late in the season. You can bet the over-under seeding on the Heat. It's five and a half at even odds, basically. Why in the world would I play over five and a half at even odds when I can play one spot lower in the play-in at plus 250? I realize part of it is, like we talked about on the last podcast, I could lose the bet by being too right. The Heat finish like 11 seed or lower and fall out. I, I'm not that worried about it. Like, Let's give Heat culture a little respect. They're not going to fall that far in all likelihood. I just, I'm not going to play the over-under here. I don't really feel like I need a median outcome on this team. I just want a piece of the low-end outcome because the offseason didn't go the way it was supposed to. This is not a team that I've believed in the regular season for years in a row now. The Heat have won 45 games only once in seven seasons. So I just don't like their chances of having a big regular season. And I will play the play in odds at plus 250. To stay away from me entirely, I lean under. I Heat fans are like, that wasn't who we were last year. We, somebody in our Slack was, prop on was like, was like, they were the most injured team last year. And like all of us piled on with like, here are all the teams <laughs> with a cons- substantially worse injury luck last season. But, like, they did have injuries, and I would agree that, like, their offense was so bad. That's not indicative of who they are. They are not 45%, which is what they shot versus the Celtics and the Bucks. It's not who they are from three. Yeah, nobody is that, it turns out. No one in NBA history is that. Not prime warriors. Uh, So that's not who they are. But they're probably better. And they got internal development on on some of these young guys and, and stuff. I didn't even dock them. I bumped them based off of, okay, your your regular season last year is probably not indicative of who you are. So I gave them a 1.7 bump, and I still only have them at 43 wins. So, like, from a projection standpoint, it's screaming, like, why aren't you betting the under? Like, you gave them an adjustment, and they're still three wins under this. 
you gave them a bump when they lost two starters. Why aren't you betting it? And the answer is because I don't really truly understand what this team is going to be or what it was last year. I don't understand. Like, I just don't have like a good grasp on it. I've wa- I, I know the players. I know the schemes. I've watched Spo. I know all these things. I don't have a good feel for what this team is. And they were three minutes from being out of the playoffs entirely last year. Three minutes from being entirely out of the playoffs. And that matters to me a lot more than, than making the finals. It just does. That matters to me. I just don't want to bet it. I, I do not feel confident in betting it. I'm tired of talking about them. And so I am leaving them well alone. And, okay. and I, I think you are betting it. You're just betting it in a different way by betting on the next team, right? Yes. So the, your Atlanta Hawks win projection for the Hawks this upcoming season. Uh, no John Collins. They did not pull off the Pascal Siakam trade. I really wish that they had. Uh, but they got a lot of young guys moving into bigger spots. Trey Young hoping for a bounce back season. Win total in the market, only 42 and a half. What's your cap on the Hawks? Yeah, I, I thought I was going to really like the Hawks because I really quite like Quinn Snyder. And I, I sort of feel like that win total number is just about right for them. I have them at 39 to 44 wins. So it's basically like right in the middle of my range, which makes this a, a stay away on the over under. I have Atlanta six on offense, 22nd on defense. Who do they compare to? All the other Hawks teams. Like, they, we can have know what this team is because we know what a Trey Young team bad, is. bad defense, good offense teams do you have? Like, do you have 15 teams that are <laughs> bottom 10 in defense, Brandon? No, we, we just have tried for three weeks to get to these podcasts and then done all of those sort of teams all in a row. That's all that's happening. So I did a little bit of a deep dive on what happened when Quinn Snyder came over last year. We got 21 games from that. Here's what I found through the numbers. So... Under Quinn Snyder, 21 games, the offense was awesome. The offense jumped from 114 to 119 offensive rating. The cost is that the defense actually was way worse. They dropped from 114 to 118, which is horrendous defensive rating. So they basically exiled John Collins. He wasn't doing much. So I don't really think that that counts as a loss to this team, which is not a thing that I do that often, but he wasn't really doing anything under Quinn. They didn't really lose much. One thing they did do is they added Sadiq Bey right about the same time they got Quinn Snyder. And Sadiq Bey was awesome for them. He really ignited the bench offense. And I think that uh, the offense under Quinn was more egalitarian. Like Trey Young and DeJounte were doing a little bit less in more efficient ways. And Sadiq was doing stuff. And Okongwu was his points, his rebounds, offensively especially. His blocks all went up. I think he's a guy that's going to take another big step forward this year. He's probably going to get a big contract extension soon. Bogdan Bogdanovich was much better. Jalen Johnson is a guy that kind of came around a lot under Quinn last year. Atlanta has, for the last three years, top eight offense, bottom 10 defense. Like you always say, what's the thing that can improve with coaching? His defense. I don't love the personnel here. I really like Okongwu. I like Capella enough. I, I like the centers on the team. You still got Trey at the top. Hopefully DeJounte can fit a little better and come out with some of his defense. That was really disappointing last year, but I I want to like the over here because the offense is going to be good. Trey Young's offense, quite frankly, is underrated at this point. Like he's really, really good for what he is in the regular season. And there's enough else on the team. It's a pretty deep team. Quinn Snyder 
It is a top 10, maybe trending top five coach, I think. So I'm in a weird spot where my numbers actually say under. I say under on my, um, where am I at? Just barely, but pass. But I still have to like the division because I really don't like the heat. And this division is so up for grabs. So I'm a lean on the division. I'm a half unit because really for me, I end up having four teams pretty clustered together in this division, all around 500. And I think it landed the best of the bunch, but I I can't get as, as far as I wanted to on liking the defense. I want you to talk me into it. Where do you have them ranked offensively? Offensively? Yeah. I have Atlanta six offense, 22 defense. Okay. So let's say they're six or better. Teams that are six or better offensively at the season's end go 30 and 12 to the over in the last 11 years like the numbers will, will basically tell you that like it is with nfl you want to lean towards unders like you want to search for unders more in win totals but the research that i've I've done kind of shows if you're elite defensively you're probably going to go over if you're really elite offensively you're probably going to go over like that's just kind of been the history of it um if we look at though these teams that we again have seemingly done all in a row and we talk about like a bottom 10 offense and a uh, top 10, a bottom 10 defense and a top 10 offense. Uh, then what we come out with is 10 and seven to the under. So by that trend, you should probably still lean towards the under, right? Because that's what you've got the Hawks at. For me, I think it's this number is still really, really, really low. <laughs> Like, this is just a, a extremely low number still. Like, they're treating this team with such kid gloves. Now, look, we liked, I liked them last year, and they completely failed again. This has been the most disappointing team. And in a large <laughs> part, I think I'm probably just telling myself, like, well, it's the coaching. And now Quinn's there, and that'll fix everything. And there may just be that Trey Young is just that miserable to play with. There's a lot of indications that that might be true. Uh, I like so much of the young talent, though. I love AJ Griffin. I love Jalen Johnson. I love Onyeko Congo. They got so many guys that are going to be stepping into their own this season. They have a lot of trade options. There's a lot of room for them to improve. They may wind up moving Capella and moving Okongwu into the starting unit, becoming more of a switch group, which would probably help Trey a little bit, just because it asks a lot less of him. And if you say, like, well, won't they just switch and target him? No because nobody does that in the NBA. <laughs> like nobody does it consistently in the NBA except for a handful of dudes. So um, I still think that this team's ceiling is very, very high. I have like a slightly to the over. I, I didn't bump them huge. I really wish they'd gotten the Siakam deal done. Like mm -hmm. I still kind of think that they should be actively calling Toronto and trying to get that deal done. If they got any sort of combination of DeAndre Hunter and Capella and something and whatever else and got a deal done for Siakam, I would be like, hammering this team like Siakam is the star that Trey Young needs next to him hmm. but they didn't get it done and so I lean towards the over and I'm gonna have a bet on the division uh because to me it's just like these numbers <laughs> these numbers are just a kind of a little bit silly like look, the market over at BetMGM heat minus 190 really they were three minutes yeah. from being out of the play like the Hawks <laughs> beat them by the way in the play-in tournament they finished like two games behind them for the division and beat them in the play-in tournament, and the Heat in are Miami. minus 190. Beat like, them in Miami, right? Yeah, in Miami. Yeah. So Hawks are plus 220. Uh, that's good enough for me to be my best bet on this one. Final but let me let me just ask uh, one question on your bet, because we, we like this one, where we do the one-two finish. 
So this is one of the spots where do, do you want Atlanta one, Miami two? I see a plus 320 on that versus the plus 220 on the division. Which of those bets would you rather do? The one, two. I'll bet that one, two, at plus 320. Okay. Like my, my verdict is because I have these teams so clustered and because I'm so uncertain, I, I will stick with just the division and not the one, two, even though that's normally, you, you know, I love to cut out my chances of winning for for a little bit more winnings when we get there. Effectively, I already spoiled it. Because I'm on Hornets as being in the mix of things, then I have to respect that Miami, if I'm right that it's just all clustered together and I'm not just like all in on on Atlanta, then I have to give the other team some chance of, of being in the mix there. So I prefer Love just the division, but the plus, plus 320 for a 1-2 finish makes sense too. Buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, let's go to the Hornets. Let's just let's transition right there, and, and you can talk <laughs> about why you like the Steve Clifford coached Charlotte Hornets um, to win the division. This is funny because I like Steve Clifford a lot. He's a really good coach and a good man. Uh, and Brandon, when they hired him, was like, Ugh! "Why didn't they hire <laughs> some true. young, sexy assistant? He's going to have great ATOs." Ugh! So I, I'm very amused. Um, Hornets in the market, 31.2 is the average number. There's a lot of, uh, most people, I'll just say this, basketball intelligentsia, the Twitter sphere, whatever you want to call it, they think this number is laughably off. They think the Hornets are going to be a solid, like, 35-plus win team to the point where I, like, I immediately was kind of like, oh, I kind of like the under on that. And everyone was like, what are you, crazy? Are you out of your mind? Uh, I've looked at the roster and most particularly, um, despite, some absolutely despicable behavior, but this is how it goes with sports. Uh, the return of Miles Bridges is very significant. I have them, if healthy, if they get average health from Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, and the vets have apparently been awesome, and like the vibes in Charlotte are apparently incredible. Steve Clifford's raving about this being the most talented team he's ever coached, which if you're like, yeah, Steve Clifford hasn't coached very talented teams. He's coached more talented teams than this. Um, but he's very convinced on this team. He's bought in, and apparently everyone's bought in. And 
the vibes are immaculate in Charlotte right now, despite the stuff with Kai Jones. Um, and despite James Booknight's injury and basically three years of complete failure with drafting and the fact that he didn't get the <laughs> second best guy on the board at number two, but apparently Brandon Miller's having a really good season. It's 31.2. I have them projected at 36.9. I listened to everybody and was like, I bumped them up and got them to 37. So they're a 37 win team. I have a good 5.8 wins of margin here. I can't not bet that. So I'm going to bet the over and just be like, I'm going to listen to everybody. And I guess this team is going to be better. I'm my position on LaMelo ball is well established. Brandon, what do you think? I mean, what's hilarious is I, I pretty much just agree with with all of that logic. Like, I don't have any super strong that the, the Hornets are amazing team feeling. My position on them has dropped a little bit from where I where I believed a little more earlier in the summer. But I just think the number is wrong. I think the number it's a bad number, and it, honestly, it was twenty nine and a half for much of the summer. It's finally starting to, to raise. There's still a thirty and a half, so I will bet the over thirty and a half. I have the Hornets fourth in the division. So let me just be clear on that. On where I actually project them, I have them fourth. I have, if I am just picking an actual win number, I have a 42, 41, Orlando 38, Charlotte 36. Problem is that that's close enough if I'm right that the Heat and Hawks have a bit of a capped ceiling that I have to respect that the Hornets being close enough at 35 to 1 is a bad number. I do not have the Hornets winning the division as a prediction. I think the number is bad. I have them about 8%. 35 to 1 is 3% effectively. So I'm getting nearly triple the number on a Hornets team that, I, frankly, I don't love. I just think that they're fine. I think, like you said, that they are a mid 30 sort of team. I have them about 20th on offense and defense. It's not great. That's not glowing praise for a team when there are 30 teams. But I think to me is just like looking at the minutes and the projections. Here's the addition. Here's the subtraction. They lose guys who were third, fourth, fifth, and seventh in minutes last year. Plumlee, Oubre, Jalen McDaniels, and Dennis Smith Jr. Not great guys. In their place, they add in half a season of LaMelo Ball, who in the regular season is really good and got better last year and has played under under 500 by 10 games for his career. For not having a lot of talent around him. He's basically playing 500 ball. They add back Miles Bridges. I echo what you said. On the court, the last time we saw Miles Bridges, top three most improved player candidate played 2,800 minutes. That's a lot of good, valuable minutes that go back in the rotation. Mark Williams was playing really good ball last year, late in the season. He's the defender, I think. That's Steve Clifford. Needed the defender there. And then Brandon Miller. I don't love him as a prospect. We've done that. But just putting him in the rotation for some quality wing minutes, it's just it's a lot of positive minutes compared to a lot of negative stuff that they took out. Last year, they were dead last in offensive rating. The previous year, they were ninth. They were ninth in offensive rating when they had LaMelo and had Miles on the team. So I don't have them ninth. I have them 19th. I have them somewhere in the middle. But why can't they get towards top half defensively? I don't think they'd be great. But can they just be not terrible? Last three years, they finished between 18th and 23rd. That's right where I have them here. They're going to be fine with Mark Williams, with Steve Clifford. There's a floor there. If you're like not terrible on defense and kind of okay on offense, you're going to win 30 games. That's all we need to get to here. Guys that made threes for them in 2022, their leaders in three-pointers made per game. Rozier, still on the team. LaMelo, still on the team. Oubre's gone. 
Bridges 1.9, he's back. Hayward 1.8, he's back. Washington 1.7. So like that's one, two, three, four, five, six, five of their six top three point shooters from 2022 are back. I I think it's just for me, I don't they are very young. Like this is still like a really ridiculously young team. If you look at it, um they have four guys that have played more than four seasons. Hmm. It's Hayward, Rozier, Frank Nilakina, who uh Steve Clifford has called the best perimeter defender in camp. No, oh, that checks and out. And on the team. Uh and Edmund Sumner. Not a lot of Sumner. competition there, to be fair. Yeah, Edmund Sumner. So I have a question. Where do you have them projected for wins? So I have their win range at 32 to 38. So basically about what you said, just kind of like in the mid thirties, not a huge number. Let, let me, let me give you a pitch here. I'm going to do an NBA shark tank for you. By the way, the Hornets till last year with all the injuries had been over four straight seasons. Here's my pitch. We got a team with a defense first coach who is not one of my favorites usually, but is a pretty high floor regular season sort of guy. We've got not a lot of great defenders, but enough. We've got a point guard who's young, who's still developing, still kind of hitting toward his prime, who likes to run. This team could be out in transition. There's a lot of youth, a lot of young talent. They should be pretty healthy. They're in a winnable division with a bunch of other teams that are not as healthy. I present to you this year's Sacramento Kings, the Charlotte Hornets. Hmm. Okay. If you want to go in on the Hornets, I will say this, uh, 40 plus wins for them is plus 550. You can go the Brandon route of, is it 35 to one for the division? (laughs) 35 to one, just a sprinkle. That's like a quarter unit play. Now, like what's nice about that is you could literally maybe hit that with 39 wins. If everyone in the division is just garbage, maybe that's like, this is the year where there's actually a division team that doesn't make the playoffs. But they win. That's what I was just going to say. I I did not check this before, but I got to look and see if BetMGM would allow me to parlay the Charlotte Hornets to win the division and the Charlotte Hornets to miss the playoffs. I want that parlay because that's got to be some ludicrously long number. I I will tweet it out if I find it or or feel free to tweet me if you find it. I think I'm going to do an escalator on it. I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm doing this. Welcome. Because, like, look, the the 40, 40 plus wins is. 550 45 plus wins is 13 to one so like if we're if you're right and they're like the kings why not escalate it okay but but i think that i think if you i think skip the 45 plus let me put it differently the right escalator is the division 35 to one because in what world do they win 45 plus and didn't win this division we really we're really afraid of the other teams one where Miami just gets its shit together and looks more like the 2022 team and they win 47 wins, 48 wins. Yeah. All right. That's like, fair. I like, I do, I will say like, I, because we talked about the parlay thing so much, I like keeping this to, I'm just focused on this team's performance. Okay. Right? I don't have to worry about Miami or Atlanta or Orlando. I don't have to worry about that's, any of this. Like that's fair. I will just tell you that it would be, it, I, I would not be doing my job as, as, as a co-host to at least not encourage you to also play the yeah, plus 3,500 yeah, division. If you're going to escalate, you got to go full escalator. Let me give you a mini escalator. If you're listening to this and you're like, all right, these guys are, are crazy. The Hornets are not winning 45. Guess what? We agree with you. They're probably not going to win 45. Right. Here, here's one that I started with on, this was my first best bet on the Hornets. You can bet exact division finish, third place, plus 300. 
That bet is they beat Washington and one other team. Who is it? I don't know. Maybe it's the Magic by a game or two who I have in a similar range. Maybe the Hawks just kind of fall apart. I doubt it. They're the team. Maybe the Heat guys get too injured. Could they finish third place? I wanted to thread the needle on that. That is like the goofiest inside straight draw parlay to try to go exactly in the middle on this team. If you like what we're seeing about the Hornets and you want to bet the over and then like just a tiny little, little escalator, like, all right, I believe in the Hornets enough to beat one other non-Wizards team in this bad division. There you go. Third place plus 300. Charlotte won Miami two is 45 to one. Charlotte. <laughs> I, I looked at these. I looked at the Charlotte Atlanta's. Yeah. If, if you like Charlotte enough, that's the, probably the yeah. real escalators of the one twos also. I think I'm just going to bet a bunch of these. I do. I think I'm going to bet a bunch of these. God, I can't <laughs> believe I'm doing this. Oh my God. But here's the thing is, is to me, I'm actually like this bet better that the fact that I don't like this team that much, it, it makes me, at least it makes me feel smart. Right. Where it's like, look, I may get to the end of it and be like, this is dumb, but I'm only betting long shots. I'm not like hammering a minus 130, right? I'm not even yeah. hammering a minus one, a plus 115. This is literally just like, look, if the market's wrong, the market's way wrong. And if the market's way wrong, the capacity here is for them to be able to hit these. Um, you have anything else? Closing thoughts? No, let's, let's do the magic because they're the other team in this range and I know you like them. So I want to hear the case. Yeah, so I was, again, another team that I was very much in the, the, I was interested in the concept of maybe going back the other way, thinking that they had kind of jumped too much. Um, but they're, the win total in the market is 36.8. That's essentially 36 and a half in the market. There's some 37s and 37s and a half. Um, I have them projected at 39.7. I have them just under 40 wins, and that feels very right to me. I haven't given them a substantial upgrade over last season. I have them about um, a, a little over, a little under a point better than last season. And that's almost entirely built on regular se- season, internal, year-over-year internal development. Paolo Bancaro with a full year under his belt. Franz Wagner with a full year under his belt, two years now. Having uh, this young core really having time. Markel Fultz not going to miss the beginning of the season when they were so bad to start the start of last season. Now there's some concern, I think for about what the chemistry is going to be like with the magic because uh, they are in Fultz wants a contract extension. League sources have indicated, and that's still a touchy subject. They add Anthony black in the draft who everyone's very high on and has a lot of optimism about what he's going to look like. Uh, for this team, they had a veteran in Joe Ingles, who I thought that was a weird decision, but it's at least a little <laughs> bit interesting. That second unit's going to be has a little bit more of the guys that um, a little bit more veteran savvy with Gary Harris and Joe Ingles on it. Um, and then you got a starting unit that I just really like. I just Fultz, Suggs, Wagner, um, Wendell Carter Jr., and Paolo. That's just a really good starting unit in terms of the defense, offense, balance. It's going to take a little bit of three point regression this team's offense is still gonna be terrible which is i'm sure one of the reasons why you're not going to be on them but i still think this defense uh i was pretty impressed with the coaching last year and i think that they're going to continue to kind of improve there's a lot of signs that kind of point to them being at least internally improved i think that this is i don't think this is a 500 team but i think that they're a team that has taken the very slow route they have tried to get a, a big point guard upgrade if there is one in season they'll make a swing at it they would like a big point guard upgrade but I, for me, when I look at this team, 
a lot had to go wrong for them last year, and they breezed over the, the their total last year, and this number is still too low by, I think, a considerable margin. So uh, I like the over on the Orlando Magic. That's a, that's a full bet for you on them? Full bet on, on the, well, not, not a full five-unit play. It's probably going to be three units for me. Okay. Yeah, they're a pass for me. I just think this is probably, for me, this is one of the most uh, well-set lines on the board. Look at me, praising the books for setting accurate lines, a thing that I have done now. Um, Yeah, I I like the Magic. Honestly, I want to watch them. I think they're going to be a fun team. I want to see Franz and Paolo play. You pretty much kind of summed up where I'm at on them. I I like Jamal Mosley. I think they are a well-coached team. They started 5-20 and last year. They finished 29-28 and after that. So we've already seen them play 500 ball for, for the majority of a season. Uh, the defense, I think, will be fine. Will be like around league average, which is good for a young team. The offense is why I can't get there, like you suggested. Their bottom five offensive rating three years in a row. And it's weird because Jalen Suggs, Anthony Black, Markel Fultz, even Cole Anthony, I love these dudes in the draft. And you know how I am with my young guys. I'm very sticky with my projections of how I see these players, but these dudes have not been good in the NBA. Like none of them have been good NBA players. And offense requires guards to do stuff. And I know Paolo and Franz are going to have the ball a lot, even Wendell Carter Jr. a little bit, but there's a reason that they keep finishing bottom five on offense. And like coaching can't just magically fix that. So I think it's a good team. I think they're going to try hard every night. I think they're going to be in the play-in mix. I believe I have them like the last spot in my play-in. I just think the number is about right. And I can't bet. I, I would lean over if I had to pick a side here, but I can't bet a side when I don't trust the offense enough to get to a spot where I can really bank on them. And I have them improving. I just have them 21st on offense still, which is just not enough for me to get super too excited. Paolo shot 43% from the field and 29.8% from three last year. How much of the, the of his improvement? Because I think it's fair to say he's probably going to shoot better this season. Sure. How much of that do you think is, is factored into your projection? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm always factoring in development from the young players. Uh, Franz was awesome uh, at FIBA, yeah. so that's going to be a, a big improvement there. I hadn't thought of it until we were just talking about it, but Joe Ingles being kind of the... Franz backup minutes is interesting to me mm-hmm, because yeah. there's there's similar styles. So if they can kind of build as as that's the point guard almost, maybe that solves the problem I'm having. Maybe you get 48 minutes of Franz or Jingles running the offense in, in some ways. So yeah, I, I'm factoring in the development. I, I no longer have them as a bottom five offense. I have them a bottom ten offense. That's improvement. Yeah, okay. It's just Fair not enough. far enough improvement for me. Can't argue with that. Lastly, uh, I am I'm I'm really interested to hear you on this. Uh, the Washington Wizards. There's a 24 and a half in the market. The average on them is right around there at 24.4. Uh, if you're interested in the over, there's a few uh, numbers that are lower than that, that 24 flat in the market that you can catch. Uh, your best bet is an under on the Wizards. Tell me about the Wizards. And how, yes, uh, just to be very be clear, here, how, like, what percentage of this is just that you think Jordan Poole sucks? Oh, like 300% for sure. Okay. Okay. This, is just, this, this is all Jordan Poole. Now, to, to be very clear, just because you, I think you misspoke when you were saying it, I'm under, 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 under on the Wizards, yeah, not under. Under, under 24 and a half at BetMGM is plus 105. So I'm, I'm getting a little extra juice to bet that the Wizards are the worst team in basketball, which is what I project them to be, the worst team in basketball. 
They lost by far their two best offensive players, Porzingis and Bradley Beal. We're going to get a lot of Jordan Poole minutes. We're going to get a lot of Kyle Kuzma minutes. We're going to get a lot of Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma being the star of an offense. We've seen this. We've watched way too much of it because we had to watch them on the Warriors and the Lakers. It is disastrous. It does not go well. They got a lot of bad defenders on the team. There's a lot of like dudes. Like I recognize that the way this goes badly for me is that this kind of becomes a jazz thing last year where it's just like, eh, they just had like nine NBA players on the team and they just had a bunch of like quality rotation guys. And so they won some games. Like I, I can see that there. I just, I, I don't see anything at the top. I have them dead last in offensive rating. They're the worst offense in the league. I have them 28th in defense. So if you are bottom three offense and defense, that's a pretty easy under to me. Now I did do the research on this. 24 and a half is low. That is a low number. <laughs> so how often do we have, or how many teams per year do we have below 25? Here's where we're at. And, and I'm, I'm going off of, uh, projection on the seasons that were shorter. So obviously like at an 82 game pace, pace, not projection under 25 in the last, uh, six years, three, four, three, four, four, and four. So effectively, if I'm going under here, my bet is that the wizards are a bottom four team. Would I like to bet that the wizards are a bottom four team? Yes, sir. I would like to bet that I would like to make that bet. Now they would like to be a bottom four team and secure the top lottery odds available they need a real star on the team. They do not have one. They love to draft random, like, fourth-year seniors from Blue Blood schools. I know, I know. We're past that now. We got new leadership. You're still stuck with them all on your roster. Give me the Wizards under. It's the worst team in basketball. Is it? Um, okay, so the numbers are actually in your favor. Last 11 years, win total of less than 25. 9-7 and seven to the under. So it's close because this number is very, very low. I think that's maybe my biggest quibble with the, with this bet, is your margin here is just slim, man. Yeah. If they get out and <laughs> they win, if they have, a, if they're one of those teams that were like, hey, the Wizards might not be, oh, no, they're really bad. But if like that first month, yeah, the Jazz they're okay. From last year. <laughs> yeah, if that's, if that's how it goes, Sure, then that, that could go badly. But let me argue the opposite, which is if they come out and go one and nine the first ten games, then I'm already celebrating my under ticket because the season's already shot. Like to me, my concern you're you're right about that. At any point of the season, if they rip off a bunch of wins, then oops, yeah. they're probably gonna go over. My concern is actually, I, I don't. We did this in the West. There really aren't a lot of terrible teams this year that are like trying to tank. And there's not a tanking prize that teams are going to go crazy for this year. There's no, not even a scoot, let alone a, a Wemby. So could the Wizards be the worst team in basketball or close to it, but still have like 26, 27 wins and like not even need to tank that much and still be bottom four? I think that's in play. That's why I looked at the number, but consistently. We got four teams every year that are below 25. So I'm I'm just, am I betting that the Wizards are below 25? I am. I just don't see it with this team. I'm not going to sit here and make the case for the over. I don't, I don't like this bet on the under. One of the reasons I don't like it is, uh, so we talk a lot about why veterans matter, right? Veterans just know how to play basketball. The guys that are young and don't, they're the ones that struggle. But like, This is a Tyus Jones statement, isn't it? it's not just him here here's the veterans on the team danilo gallinari mike muscala delon wright tyus jones kyle kuzma landry shamit jordan Poole, daniel gafford none of those names are like ooh. it's not kevin durant 
It's not even Bradley Beal. However, like Gallo is probably a rotation player on Denver. Mike Muscal is probably a rotation player on Denver. DeLon Wright would be the backup point guard right now. Tyus Jones would be the backup point guard right now. Kyle Kuzma would play for Denver. Landry Shamit would play for Denver. Now that Denver's got a really, really, uh, <laughs> me and you would play for Denver. Can we pick like a team that has an actual bench to compare to? I feel like this is a fair, very high, right? But that's, that's kind of my point though. The standards are pretty high for Denver though. Um, sure. Let's go to, let's take a team that's, that's fairly golden state. Let's do golden state. Is, is, is are DeLon right? Jordan Poole Jones? would play for Gordon state. We know that one. <laughs> Right, but would DeLon, would DeLon Wright and Tyus Jones play for Golden State? DeLon Wright, I like. DeLon and Tyus, I like, and I agree that I don't love that part of the bet. I would love to see them not in this rotation. Would uh, Gallo get minutes for Golden State? Yeah, probably. Probably him or Sarich. He's kind of in a similar vein there. Now, this doesn't mean that they're going to be good. They could still be absolute garbage, but I just the bar is so low here at 24 and a half that... And, Here's my problem is you got to get to like January before they bail with all these veterans because these veterans have bonuses and they have side contracts and they're playing to basically either get out of here or get a new deal, especially like Tyus wants a big contract. Like he wants to be a starting point guard in the NBA. I don't know that these guys are going to give up and just be like, yeah, you can shut me down. And if the more minutes that you have veterans, the more it's like, oh, yeah, they were without three starters and the Wizards picked up a random win. And like every win is death here with 24 and a half. Um, I like Kispert on this team. I've never been an Avdia guy. He's going to have to make a big leap this season if he wants to, I think, honestly, just like have a, a good career. Um, there's a lot of, of young dudes on this roster that will get burned for sure. I just can't get there on 24 and a half for a team with <laughs> Tyus, Kuzma, Poole, and DeLon. Like, those four guys alone, I'm like, it's not a team. They're still really bad. But then the counter argument to, be, to this is probably, if we look back at the Bobcats teams, there were a lot of guys on that, on that squad that I was like, there's like good players on those teams. And they had like one of the yeah. worst records in history. So I mean, right. look... I- I, I'm with you on Tyus. I'm with you on DeLon. I was going to say respectfully in the sentence, but it's not respectful. So I'm just going to acknowledge that it's not. Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma doing lots of stuff makes your team worse in the NBA. Kuzma's I'm sorry, been but good. I, the numbers, the, the advanced numbers, and the, the like, I, I, I disagree. So I am not going to be on board with Poole and Kuzma on the roster as being positives as to why this team is going to win stuff. Well, hang on, hang on. It, EP, all right, EPM last season, Kuzma's plus 1.6, 85th percentile. We're looking at 73rd percentile offensively and 90th percentile defensively. Kuzma's good. Okay, but you're also, though, you're, you're and I didn't mention this with, with Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier went from being a quality third player on the Hornets to suddenly sucking awful as the number one player, because it changes in that spot. Cal Kuzma was the third guy, or at least the second guy, depending if Porzingis or Beal was out. And like to suddenly have to be the guy or like to have to take a shot away from Jordan Poole, like rest the ball out of his control and get one up every now and then just like, it's a different role. Kyle Kuzma. Absolutely. Yes. Cal Kuzma could be like six man of the year on the Warriors or like another team. Like he could be a positive player. This is He's Laker. I smell a Laker hater. That's what this well, is. This goes yeah. back to Kuzma's days of the Lakers. Listen, 
Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole are like the same player. We wouldn't even know who they were if they weren't on the Lakers and the Warriors. They're just like gunners mm. that we had to pay attention to because they're on national TV every wow. third game. Wow. Sorry. Sorry about it. I'm not, not even sorry. Here's the funny thing with the Wizards. I think I'm almost positive. I think we've done this now three, maybe four years. I'm nearly positive the Wizards are my first pass every year. Like I, I never have bet the yeah. Wizards anything before. And I, I laughed when I looked this up. I always get to like, I don't really care about this team. And that number looks about right. The Wizards have been within 1.5 wins of the posted win total four straight years. <laughs> so I don't Can know we, if I uh... love that because that means that the books are usually about right with this number. And I, I don't know that I'm saying this team's going to win like 16 games and just be awful. I don't, I, I don't see that. I think we're probably going to sweat a little bit, but my numbers have them 18 to 25 wins and 24 and a half pretty much only leaves one out on that one. So I, I'm just playing the numbers, playing Jordan Poole and Cal Kuzma. Go ahead and at me guys. I am taking what the number. Uh, what number will you give me for them not to be bottom four? Uh, not to be bottom four in the NBA. Yes. Is that what, that's what you're asking? Yes. I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you even odds because that's effectively the bet that I'm saying here. 20, 24 and a half. There's four okay. teams under that. So why would I give you a different number than what the actual thing is? I'll give you over 24 and a half. That's the number I'll give you. And that's probably got a minus number in front of it at the book. Okay. I'll, I'm going to try bet, and work Brandon into it, into a side bet on this. That's what I'm going <laughs> to. You can bet the wizards to finish last in the division at minus minus one fifty five. Do you, do you like that better? So it gives you more margin. You like the magic. We've talked ourselves into the Hornets. The Heat and the Hawks aren't going to finish last. Should we skip the 24 and a half and just go last in the division and they just got to be worse than the other four? What's the number on last in the division? One minus 155. So 60%-ish. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I, I looked at that and I thought about picking that instead. Hilariously, the reason that I'm not is because it wouldn't surprise me in the least to see the Hornets just like bottom out and be just awful, awful, awful and us to have to live with this the entire year. So the Hornets, the Hornets are my division pick and the reason why I cannot confidently <laughs> pick the Wizards to finish last in a division. If that's not the sign of a terrible division, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. Let's get wrap it up for Buckets. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. Make sure to check out youtube.com slash the action network and you can find video versions of all of our division previews. We'll be back with another episode recapping the Eastern Conference with our best bets. My thanks to David Payne, our producer. My thanks to our video team for putting these up on YouTube. We'll see you guys again next time. Till then, let's get Buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.